At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got three tremendous hours coming up for you as we're going to be joined in studio in 15 minutes by Joe Fan. He does absolutely amazing work over there at WinBet as he is one of their main ambassadors, and we've got a Thursday night football game to recap and a nice slate of Week 17 NFL football to take a look forward to. We're going to be recapping that Thursday night game and give you some of my thoughts and why just because a team wins doesn't mean that it was necessarily impressive and you need to upgrade them. And just because a team loses doesn't mean that it's all bad for them as well. But Joe is going to be coming up in 15 minutes. But we'll get his thoughts on what we saw on Thursday night. And we're going to turn it forward to the rest of the card. Mackenzie Kramer, he does great work over at ESPN, a part of their stats and information department. Also does some great work with their show, The Daily Wager. He is going to be joining me in a little bit over an hour. We'll see if he's got any look at lines for Week 18. Very, very murky with Week 18 because, as we know, there's oftentimes a lot of teams of which the only reason why they're playing some starters is due to contract ex- uh, contract incentives, and you've got a lot of teams that they're locked into playoff spots, but that's a we'll ask about that. And we'll take a look at the Week 17 card with them as well. And we're going to do a little bit of a year-end review with Adam Rosenberg in our number three. He does a great job as a media consultant. And he's someone that knows just all about these different platforms. What could be on tap for 2023 as well in terms of sports betting, how things are going a little bit more digital, and how things 
are just expanding out past your normal Twitter, past your normal Facebook. OnlyFans is something that might be coming up as well, which is very, very strange. I am a married man, so I do not use OnlyFans, that is for sure. And I don't think anyone will want to see me on OnlyFans. I think that I would be paid to not be on OnlyFans, so... We've got a lot to talk about there. So that is going to be a whole bundle of fun in hour number three. And well, we're all locked, loaded, and ready for Bear there. And we saw the Cowboys. They were locked and loaded in the fourth quarter as they were able to utilize the 10-0 fourth quarter. They were able to get the cover by kind of 27-13. to And total was all based on the number that you got as while I was doing this show, mostly was seeing some 40s. This went up a little bit throughout the day as... Joshua Dobbs was the late second edition when I was doing this show yesterday. We actually saw Malik Willis as the expected quarterback. Hopefully, he took a look at some of those props. And, well, when it came to Joshua Dobbs, he was able to do a, in my opinion, relatively serviceable job. It was better than having Malik Willis out there. And I'm sure that if you took any of those player props in terms of Malik Willis, you were either able to get out very, very well or a lot of places they have no action sort of sort of stipulations with regards to player props because well, all of them would have went under but with Joshua Dobbs he goes 20 of 39 was able to throw it just a little bit and if you saw some of the viral highlights that we saw on like Twitter and what have you he actually had a very good preseason but for the Dallas Cowboys even though they win this game by 14 points I'm just still not necessarily impressed by what they were able to do as Zach Prescott once again two interceptions against a Tennessee Titans team that they were resting a lot of guys, and I think that it's becoming more and more clear that there's the big two in the NFC. Not to say that these are the two teams that are going to be blocking up for that NFC title game or that these are the only two teams that can make the Super Bowl, but feels like the Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers are just leaps and bounds ahead of teams like the Dallas Cowboys, who have now seen Dak Prescott throw two interceptions or more in three out of, the, out of their last four games, and throwing at least one interception in five straight games. So if you took a look at the interceptions problem market, you were able to get a nice cash there. But with the Dallas Cowboys, pedestrian rushing game, the defense looked a little bit better. But once again, they were going up against Hassan Askins and Joshua Dobbs. Dobbs was relatively solid a few years ago at Tennessee. Hassan Askins, he had 12 carries in this game. And prior to this game, he had 11 for the entirety of the season. A guy that I did like at Michigan, but call what it is someone who really hasn't seen a lot of run in the NFL and I think that poses a question what to expect assuming that the Dallas Cowboys get the five seed in the playoffs they could still get that one seed it would be a very very big long shot they need the Eagles to lose both of their games and then they would need to take care of business on the road against a Washington Commanders team that they desperately need everyone humanly possible to be able to get in the playoffs themselves and I just take a look at this bunch and Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they should be able to get a win if they do end up facing off against them and or the Carolina Panthers because those are the two teams that you figure should be able to get in from the NFC South. Still could see the New Orleans Saints get in, but if you're thinking that the Saints are going to be able to go on a playoff run, I think that you're one of the very, very few because it's been a not-so-stellar year for them, but I just continue to watch this Cowboys team and as we watch them more and more, I become less and less impressed. And I do think that in a lot of these studies that we have found, I know that Pro Football Focus put out one of these, and I think someone else did. I think it's Pro Football Outsiders. I might be mistaken here, but 
They always talk about what is more stable, the offense or the defense. And typically, year in and year out, defense has a little bit more volatility, but we also see that a little bit in season as well. Now, I do think that there are some certain defenses that are very bulletproof, and I think the biggest of which are teams that they have that one stellar pass rusher, like whenever TJ Watt is out there on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he is a game wrecker when he's off the field. As we know, things can be not so great for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that that's been on full display this season, but with the Dallas Cowboys, they were probably a little bit lucky in terms of their defense to begin the season. Now I do think that perhaps there was a little bit of bad fortune in the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when you've got a quarterback that's throwing multiple interceptions, putting you in short field situations, you know what, that's going to be a little bit of a detriment, but certainly has been very fascinating to be able to gauge this bunch because it's been one of the biggest rotating doors in all of football thus far. And you take a look on the flip side of a defense that was probably the exact opposite, one that was badly underachieving to begin the season. And now it's been able to flip the switch and has been able to look a little bit better. It's the Green Bay Packers. And I do think that this is something that is very notable to take a look at and something that is just so important engaging the NFL. How splits really adjust throughout the entirety of the season because when we take a look at really any sport, whether it be the NBA, NFL, college basketball, baseball, you always look at things for the entirety of the season, but something that I do a lot of really in terms of baseball, I don't do it as much in the other sports, and I think I should in taking a look at how this NFL season is one about, it's taking a look at splits like, oh, last 30 days, I'm using baseball example here for the NFL would probably be more like, last four weeks, last five weeks, what have you, in a circumstance where you have a team like the Detroit Lions where they had DeAndre Swift out of the fold during the month of, like, October. I think he might have been out very early November, but I thought he returned in late October. Being able to just sort of have that disclaimer of, hey, let's throw out these numbers. They really aren't representative of what this team is right now. Let's take a look at the numbers when DeAndre Swift is in the fold. I think that that's very important and something that, I know that a lot of different networks have been able to do a little bit of a better job of these just aggregators of statistics. And I do think that it's becoming all the more important because you take a look at the Dallas Cowboys team and trying to utilize the numbers that we had at the beginning of the season for them compared to now. It's just something that you really can't do. And you just take a look back at the Dallas Cowboys team and you thought at the time that playing teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the... LA Rams on the road. You were thinking, man, you know what? They played a relatively tough schedule to begin the season. Now you look in hindsight, it's like, man, you know what? It wasn't so much. And that's something that I think is very good about college basketball because I used to do college basketball bracketology and there used to be a statistic before net rankings came around and net rankings still do a good job of this as well. I don't do as much bracketology in this day and age, but back when I was doing a lot of bracketology, you always were taking a look at how RPI would update daily. So a team could be improved slash disimproved based on the opponents that they had played and what you saw from them the previous day. So like, for example, in college basketball on Thursday, we saw Michigan lose to Central Michigan. So the teams that have played against Michigan throughout the course of the year, like North Carolina, their stock goes downwards. When you have a team like Central Michigan, be able to pull off an upset win like that. Meanwhile, a team like Marquette, who they are the exact opposite. They haven't played Michigan, but they played Central Michigan. That win against Central Michigan 
it's not like it's now like a quadrant one win or anything like that. But you know what? It gets a little bit improved. I do think that that is very important. And that always poses a question. Can a team improve slash disapprove, disimprove based on them not necessarily playing a game? And I think that the honest answer should be yes. Because if you see other opponents play out there, that could give you a little bit more context. Like at the beginning of the season, the Dallas Cowboys. They were able to get it done by kind of 22 to 10. At the time, you were thinking, this is a very dominant display from the Dallas Cowboys. And certainly, the LA Rams don't look the same right now as they did towards the beginning part of the season. In that game, you have Matthew Stafford slinging it 42 times. Cooper Cup was able to give you seven receptions. Guess what? Those two guys are not out there on the field. Currently, you've got Baker Mayfield that he's throwing to schlubs. Van Jefferson has been able to get some run. And really, other than that, not a lot of guys that necessarily had a big showing in that game. Ben Skronik as well, but now apparently he's out too. So you're just seeing a lot of attrition in the NFL. But I do think that context is always very, very key. And being able to adjust to teams based on what we had seen a little bit before as new information becomes available, I think is very important. Even on days like we see with Thursday Night Football, with the Dallas Cowboys being the only team that took the field, being able to improve slash disapprove other teams based on what had happened a little bit earlier in the season gives you just a little bit more of a clear picture as to what we had seen previously. I think that that is very important, and it is always very important that we get great guests on the show. Shout out to Jason Kahn, my wonderful producer, for doing that. And our first guest is actually giving me in studio, so I'm not going to be alone at the desk next as Joe Fan. He does a great job over at WinBet. He's going to be joining me on the flip side here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The college football season is here and VSIN as you cover because we've got picks on the spread and total for every single bowl game. Head on over to VSIN.com and check out all of our bowl betting coverage. And while you're there, now's a great time to become a VSIN Pro subscriber. You're able to do so for just $79 to get access to everything that we do now through the big dance and able to do so by visiting vsin.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the Sports Bank Network, and we're joined by Joe Fan, who does absolutely tremendous work over there at WinBet, one of their main ambassadors over there, and Joe, always a pleasure, my friend, thank you. You're always good to be here, man. Uh, happy New Year to you. Happy almost New Year to you as well. Is this actually going to be the last Greg Peterson Experience for the year 2022? Next time I'll be on is 2023, and in terms of a new year, I think that Dak Prescott might want that for his interception total to be able to wipe that clean as we saw that on Thursday Night Football. What were some of your takeaways from the Dallas Cowboys? Because I wasn't necessarily impressed by them. They were able to get the win. They were able to get the cover, but they need to outscore the Titans by 10 to be able to get that cover. And it just felt like throughout the game, it's like, man, the Cowboys should be up by a little bit more on a Tennessee Titans bunch that is. That's seeing a lot of guys. It almost looked like a preseason game, for that matter, for the Titans. Yeah, I'm probably more so of a Dak Prescott apologist than most, but the turnovers are concerning, and, and some of them aren't all on him, whether it's pressure in his face uh, in terms of the pass protection, whether it's uh, guys not being able to hang on to the football uh, in terms of his targets, really outside of CeeDee Lamb. It's a receiver group that's been sort of up and down, and you hope going into the postseason, Michael Gallup gets healthy. It looks like they've found something with T.Y. Hilton. Um but yeah, I think that is a concern because when you're losing the turnover battle every single game, you can't expect to make a run in the postseason. And so, yeah, I, uh, I think I struggle with that part of it. But you also see so many wow moments from him where at their best, this Cowboys team is really dangerous. And I think what's interesting is you saw again, 
Zeke Elliott might not even be the second best running back on his team. Yeah. He might be the third best running back on this team. And a really underwhelming night from him. I think probably a lot of people went into this game expecting Zeke uh, to win them a fantasy championship with Tony Pollard out, but 19 carries for his 37 yards. So as long as Tony Pollard gets back healthy, this team should be just fine going into the postseason, at least in terms of being dangerous. Yep, I do think that they're fine going into the postseason, and I think that it would be an overreaction to say that the Dallas Cowboys are going to lose in the first round of the postseason because the way that things are lining up, unless we see a massive calamity with the Philadelphia Eagles, they will most likely be the five seed taking on the NFC South champion. Whether that be the Carolina Panthers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they should be a favorite in that game, and I think that they should get the job done. So I do think that they'll be able to make it that far. But in the NFC, I just feel like it's a very clear one and two with the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. I think that Thursday Night Football backed that up as well because with the Cowboys, they don't look like a team that could compete with either of those two. I don't know if you agree slash disagree, but I just take a look at the NFC right now. The Eagles, even with Gardner Minshew out there, they were very nearly able to take down the Cowboys on the road and with the 49ers. Been just thoroughly impressed by them week in and week out the way that they are now on their number three quarterback and continuing to pump out those wins. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd probably put the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys, yeah, they beat Gardner Minshew and it's the backup quarterback, but they still put up 40 points uh, against that Eagles defense. And, and when they're humming, they are as good as any offense in football. I know the defense relies super heavily on takeaways. Uh, they've been the, the best in the league at that uh, a couple of years running. But when the takeaways don't come, you see, like against the Eagles, the chunk plays are there. Or even uh, Dobbs and the Titans tonight had a couple of chunk plays in the passing game that you don't you feel like you, you shouldn't be giving up uh, against such a depleted Titans team. So that is the concern. It's the defense that relies too heavily on on takeaways and negative plays and not just playing sound defense. But, um, yeah, I would say it's it's the Eagles and Niners as that first tier, then the, the Cowboys and the Vikings as the second tier. Yep, absolutely. I'm in agreement with you there. And I do think that we've got some very interesting games that are coming up for this week, including a team that is battling to be able to get into the playoffs as well because with the Washington Commanders, they're a team that – they could really use every single win that they could get, and they're currently a two-point favorite. But as we know, a little bit of quarterback change here for the Washington Commanders. They're going up against a Browns team that they just haven't really looked good under the tutelage of Deshaun Watson. With Watson, I almost feel like he's been a downgrade to Jacoby Brissett, though. We know that this is a little bit of a loss here for them. They're just looking to get them some reps. And then 2023 and beyond, they're hoping that they're able to get that return on investment. But what do you make out of this game between the Commanders and the Browns? Because this is big for the Commanders if they want to be able to make the postseason. Yeah, they have to win it. And what's interesting is you look on 538, they only have a 24% chance to make the playoffs. But if they win out, they're in. They control yeah. their own destiny. Um, and and you got to beat a Cleveland team. If you can't beat Cleveland at home, a Cleveland team that has nothing to play for. Deshaun Watson has not looked good since his return. You don't deserve to be in the postseason. But then you look after that, they play the Cowboys. Well, if the Eagles can get a win on Sunday uh, against New Orleans, the Cowboys have nothing to play for. All of a sudden, they might be resting starters, and the Commanders have a much easier path to that uh, final wild card spot in the NFC. And so, yeah, you, you got to look at it. Obviously, you got to get a job done first against Cleveland. I think they should, um, but certainly after that, um, they might get a break in week 18 against the Cowboys. Yeah, and I think that it's just a little bit surprising in general what we've seen out of the Washington Commanders because they are getting more pieces back in terms of that defensive front. They were able to get back Chase Young last week. Limited reps, but you know what? That is going to be able to help them out moving forward. But just still, 
something to where I take a look at the entire quarterback spot for the team, and Taylor Heineke has really been able to give them the best opportunity, in my opinion, to win, and now turning back to Carson Wentz. How do you feel about that? Just because with Wentz, every single time I've seen him the last few years, just been completely unimpressed, and it just didn't feel like the guys really responded to him well. Yeah, it was interesting to see Ron Rivera pull the plug in Week 16. Um, and, of course, Carson Wentz comes in and lights it up. Granted, it's garbage time. It meant nothing. Uh, but 12 of 16 for a buck 23 and a touchdown. It, it is hard because Taylor Heineke in moments looks like he has this X factor where good things just seem to happen. But obviously, he's a limited quarterback. And that's why he is he is a journeyman where the commanders went out to go get Carson Wentz this offseason as, as the guy they hoped would be the, the one that would lead them. Um, now you're stuck in this spot where you don't really have a good quarterback. You don't have a good option. And you don't want any quarterback under center to feel like they have a short leash where any negative play, they're going to get pulled for the other guy. So, yeah, it's a very delicate situation um, amid playoff hopes. Um, and that's why Ron Rivera gets paid the big bucks. Yeah, we're going to see how that turns out for the commanders. I don't know if it's necessarily going to turn out very well personally. And for the commanders, like you said, if they win both games, they're in the playoffs. And Green Bay Packers are hoping that does not happen because they're going to be playing against the Minnesota Vikings. And this, in my opinion, is the most fascinating game on the card. The best game is Monday Night Football. We'll hit that on the other side when we talk a little bit more about the AFC. But for the Green Bay Packers, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite pretty much across the board. As a matter of fact, the only three that I'm seeing out here in Las Vegas is where we sit at Circa. But in terms of this Green Bay Packers versus Vikings game, where do you stand on it? Because the Vikings have one win by more than one score this year. That was against the Green Bay Packers in week number one. And the Vikings, they probably don't want to be finding themselves in one-score games. But winning is winning, in my opinion. I do think that maybe they take a little bit too much flack for being able to get these close wins. Yeah, <laughs> this is it's a weird tough. game because you look at, at both of these teams, and I don't, I don't think either of them will be a factor in the playoffs. It's amazing the Packers are still have a shot in this thing with um, the way that the other results have fallen, you know, in Green Bay's favor in the NFC over the last couple of weeks to where they've got a very real chance uh, if they can beat the Vikings and beat the Lions to make the postseason. I think the Vikings are the better team, but the Vikings are a team that were down 33 to nothing to the Colts just a couple of weeks ago. And you give them credit for fighting back and winning that game. But um, it does make sense why they're not getting the respect still in the betting markets. I I'm a believer they could be Super Bowl champions host hosting the hoisting the Lombardi trophy. And we will all sit back and say, nah, I'm not buying it. I don't believe because that's just sort of the way it's gone for them. It, it, yes, you, you do give them credit for being successful in one-score games. And you give credit to Kevin O'Connell, who has really unlocked a, a level of Kirk Cousins to where if you want to dive into the numbers, Kirk Cousins is playing just, maybe not just as well, but certainly in the conversation with what the, if we're having like a, an MVP, like Heisman ceremony, Kirk Cousins is probably invited to the ceremony. He's been that good. Justin Jefferson leading the NFL and receiving yards. Somebody's got to deliver the mail to him. It's been Kirk Cousins. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, this, I agree. I, I think I probably stay away because I feel like whatever side I pick, I'll be wrong. Um, but certainly a huge matchup, one of the biggest of the weekend in terms of um, the rivalry, the layers to it, um, and then also the playoff implications. Yeah, but I just still have my question marks with the Packers as well because the three wins that they've had in a row against the Bears, they knock off the Rams, and we now find out that the Dolphins were dealing with that concussion to Tua. So that Again. makes me call into question 
the Packers W because they were down 10 in that game. And then Tua gave them a bunch of Christmas presents and that allowed them to be able to get the win in that game as well. So I still do have my question marks with the way the Packers have been able to put together this run. I think you can look at both of these teams and, and just say, well, gosh, like if Josh Allen just doesn't fumble on the goal line, if, if all of these things that have fallen the Vikings way, you could say the same exact thing. Um, you could say the same exact thing about the Packers, where all it takes is just competent quarterback play from Tua down the stretch. And the Dolphins win that game, probably win it comfortably. Instead, like you mentioned, the gift wrap turnovers uh, for the Packers allow them to win that game. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to stay away, but I can't wait to watch. I can't wait either. We go to the AFC with Joe Fan next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is the simpler way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either a little bit too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you because Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it op- offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you. That is at Zen.com. That's Z Y N.com today. And warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Joe Fan. He does absolutely amazing work over at WinBet as one of their main ambassadors. And Joe. Well, let's take a look at the AFC. We'll dive into some of the other teams in a few minutes, but I mean, this is a matchup that we all want to see. And in a week 17, that doesn't have necessarily the world's greatest matchups. I think I'm very fair in saying that we've got a very good Monday night game between the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, a very slight one point favorite. What do you make out of this matchup? Because I do feel like this is the two hottest things going on in football right now. Josh Allen has been the hottest quarterback in the NFL and the Cincinnati Bengals. They're the hottest team in the NFL. Where do you lean in this game? Because I think that this is going to be so fascinating. And with the Bengals, I just feel like it's hard to not back them at home in this circumstance. Yeah, the Bengals 12 and 3 ATS all season, 9 and 1 last 10. We were talking during the break how the, the break how we, we know this is an incredible matchup on Monday night. Maybe the best Monday night matchup we've had all year. Uh, we talked about Vikings uh, Packers as a game we're excited for. You then really have to sell yourself on like Panthers Bucks as like that third best game, but at least we're treated at the end of, of a mediocre slate with one of the best regular season matchups of the season. Um, and I agree with you. Uh, this Bengals Bills uh, matchup should be electric. That's why it's it's close to a pick'em. It opened at Bengals plus two. It's down to one and a half. Um, so not a ton of movement with the over opening at 49 and a half and remaining at 49 and a half. I, I sort of lean bills because the injuries make me nervous with the Bengals. They're without right tackle, Lael Collins. Uh, they already rank 30th in pass uh, block win rate, ESPN's metric. The Bills, even without, without Von Miller, have a competent defensive line. Um, I just think they're the better team. Um, and I think they have one major edge in the trenches defensively um, against the Bengals. But yeah, at home, Joey B has been slinging it. He's been incredible. Um, no matter who you take, you anticipate it being four quarters worth of sweats. Oh, I'm right there with you. I think that this is the game that comes down to the team that has the ball last, comes down to perhaps a game-winning field goal and or 
a two-minute drive to be able to get that last touchdown. So I'm in a complete agreement with you there. I think that it's a massive one. And just in the AFC in general, I feel like we could see these two teams match up once again along with the Kansas City Chiefs. And in that AFC, I still do default just a little bit to the Kansas City Chiefs just because they do have that guy in Patrick Mahomes who I do think that he's still the guy that if you have one drive, you need to get that last second field goal. You need to get that touchdown with two minutes remaining. He's a guy. Or 13 still... seconds, as we saw. Yeah, last year last... still with 13 <laughs> seconds. He's just still the guy that I trust the most. If you've got another guy, I'm willing to hear it. But I just still look at Patrick Mahomes, and I think that that's such a big X factor going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, to me, is the MVP of the league. I think he'll win it running away, certainly with um... – you know, with uh, as I'm trying to multitask and because watch Washington gonna close this up. out, and the dogs are gonna win. Take that, Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> Take that, sir. Um, yeah, with Jalen Hurts being out for the Eagles, it does make it a pretty clear choice that, that Patrick Mahomes is the guy, and it's well deserving to begin with. Um, he has been unbelievable, and you look at how he's carried uh, that team, particularly a defense outside of Chris Jones, it has been very mundane all season long. So, um, yeah, if, if Patrick Mahomes has the ball with a shot in the fourth quarter, you expect him to come through. And the fact that his numbers are better than they were a year ago, even though they doesn't have Tyree Kill, um, just goes to show you how sensational he is. And obviously, Travis Kelsey gets a ton of credit there. But um, he makes it work with whoever's on the field. Uh, he, he makes everybody dangerous. And yeah, that's why the Chiefs um, you know, are likely the favorite in the AFC, which is why this game is so huge for Buffalo to make sure they're getting that number one seed uh, in the AFC. Absolutely. And I know that you were a little bit distracted by that Washington versus Texas end as Washington got it done by a count of 27 to 20, just as we're doing this live. But I do think that that brings up a nice little topic as well, because you just mentioned it. I almost forgot, but Steve Sarkeesian, he was actually the coaster at Washington. How about you take a look at those sort of motivation spots when it comes to taking a look at college bowl games? Because I think that now more than ever, the toughest thing to bet on are these bowl games just because you have to throw out so many of the stats from before with all the opt-outs. You have to try to take a look at, all right, who's traveling where, what are they actually going to have in terms of coaching? How much do you take a look at a motivation spot like Steve Sarkeesian going up against his old team? Because I think that those can really be the X factors when it comes to handicapping these games. Yeah, it's hard to know. It was so long ago that Sark was there. None of the kids on that team have any idea of what that tenure was like. Certainly, Kalen DeBoer has, has no interest in, in going down that road. I think it's just a really well-coached team. And this is a team that's supposed to be, you know, in the middle of the pack this season in the Pac-12. They end up finishing tied for second, losing a tiebreaker that would have had them uh, right here in Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game in early December. Instead, it was Utah that went uh, in that three-way tiebreaker. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a team that's trending upward. Michael Penix sticking around for another year. Uh, you love to see, I think, this win against Texas potentially uh, vaults them into the top 15 of the 2023 preseason rankings. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun win as someone who is not a fan of Steve, Steve Sarkeesian because of how that all went down and how he bounced for UFC, uh, for USC. That's, uh, I feel good about that one. That was uh, nice. And I'm sure you were talking about this a little bit during the break as well. It's been a really good year for these Pac-12 teams in bowl games with the Pac-12 in general, they've been able to get a lot of wins. As we know, Utah's going to be in a big one. And I wasn't sure whether or not Caleb Williams was going to be playing or not for USC. It looks like he's going to be prob probable. How much do you think that this is showing that the Pac-12, you know what? 
maybe we underrated them a little bit throughout the year because the Pac-12 was really that one power conference that we weren't given a lot of love to in terms of the college football playoff. And here they are pulling off win after win with Washington, now getting the job done against Texas in the state of Texas. Yeah, it's hard because I think it's so easy for the East Coast bias that exists in college sports, and it, and it does. You know, there's so few people on the East Coast outside of the diehards who stay up for any Pac-12 after dark on these weekends. Um, it, you can play it to your favor where you say the, the Pac-12 isn't a very good conference, and largely they're right. But but then when you have an SEC conference that, that underwhelms during bowl season, it's, well, the SEC plays for championships. So they don't show up for bowls that aren't the college football playoff, where you can't necessarily have it both ways. So, yeah, with, with Oregon getting home and, and winning against North Carolina, albeit in a very close one, um, Oregon State dominating their bowl game, uh, Washington has won, and, and some big ones yet to come. You know, I look at Utah against Penn State, and that uh, uh, they narrowly, narrowly lost the Rose Bowl a year ago. I think they have a chance to win it this this time around. I think they're the better team than Penn State, and I would look for the Pac-12 to continue a really nice bowl season. Yeah, and who knows where Utah is if they don't lose that game week one against Florida where everything did not break their way to say the least. So I think that that's fascinating. And then you've got the USC versus Tulane game, which is going to be very interesting. That is in the Cotton Bowl in Arlington, Texas. And just assuming that Williams plays, because if he doesn't play, I think that USC, they're going to be a little bit up against it. But assuming he does play, despite the fact that USC, they're going to be without a few guys in this one. I think that they've got a good opportunity being about a one and a half to a two point favorite. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think... It's so hard to handicap. The hardest bowl games to handicap are the mid-majors against the Power Fives. Yeah. And certainly this is as high-profile And I think Jordan Edison is going to be out for USC as well, which that's a little bit of a blow. Yeah, it's a huge blow. Um, you know, to me, USC's defense in general is leaky, to put it kindly. But if Caleb Williams is playing, you like USC's chances. Last time we saw him, they were getting smoked in the second half. He got banged up against Utah, the Pac-12 championship game. Utah dominated that second half, ends up running away with that game after being down early to USC, who got off to a hot start. I still favor USC, certainly if it's under a field goal, and you just say, hey, I'm going I'm to trust the best player on the field, and that's Caleb Williams. But when a mid-major gets to this spot, there's certainly more of a motivation factor. You talk about those underlying layers where you try to to figure out how to factor it into your handicapping process. It's certainly a game that would mean more to Tulane than it would to USC. Yeah, and Tulane has been downtrodden for many, many years. They've been able to night sleep, rebuild themselves. And I mean, with Tulane, it certainly has been interesting to gauge them all season long in an American that they've been able to produce a lot of teams that have been able to pull off some of those nice bull wins as well. So I think that that is going to be very fascinating to take a look at as College football playoff is going to be here before we know it. And the New Year's six games, that's where it really gets hot and heavy. And Joe, we were talking a little NFL, but we were able to get into some college football. And I absolutely love it because now it's a great time of year in terms of it. And we we already said it. We've only got one game that involves winning teams in terms of the NFL. So it was a little bit of tough slate. So glad we were able to talk some bull action with you. Thank you so much for joining me in studio. Always fun, Greg. We'll see you next year. Yes, sir. This is actually the last Greg Peterson experience of 2022, and we're going to look to close it out with a bang by talking some college basketball next here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The countdown to 2023 has started. And Pet Rivers Online Sportsbook has you covered to 
Start off the new year with a bang. Join BetRivers on both New Year's Eve and New Year's Day to ring in 2023 as if you log into BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app on December 31st, you're going to receive a 22% profit boost and then come back again January 1st, 2023 for a 23% profit boost on any qualifying wager. That is right. Celebrate BetRivers and get not just one but two profit boosts as it's a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be able to have Joe Fan in the last two segments. We were able to take a look at some NFL, and we actually were able to talk some nice college bowl action as well as I thought that it was very interesting what he mentioned, and I think it's a little bit of a nice pro tip. VEASAN.com slash subscribe will make this a pro tip for our number one. The fact that when you gauge these bowl games, taking a look at good news with some of these teams, i.e. a Coach just saying, you know what, I'm going to re-sign with this team. Having someone like a Michael Penix come back for Washington. Good motivational spots for these teams. And obviously you'd want the guy coming back like a Michael Penix to actually be playing in the game as well because we're seeing a whole bunch of opt-outs. But I do think that that is something to be able to take a look at. And something that you want to be taking a look at in terms of college basketball is making sure that all of your guys are out there on the floor as well as obviously you get quite a few injuries. And sometimes you'll have someone come back like Chris Murray and not going to mean a gosh darn thing for Iowa. So that always makes things very, very murky to say the least. But we've got some good college basketball action that's going to be going down on Friday. And it's going to be getting started very early. So how about if we hit upon this super early game as this is 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern time. Check your tip times because we are going to have some early games next few days with New Year's coming upon us as this game is 861-862. North Carolina, they're on the road. They're facing off against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's anywhere between a five and a five and a half point underdog. And as a matter of fact, really the only five that I'm seeing is at DraftKings. We're seeing a lot of five and a half. And the Toronto's game is between 149 and 150. And I think that this is one of those classic cases of do you trust your priors or do you trust what you've seen thus far this season? Because if you trust what you were thinking coming into the season, a lot of your preseason just deep dives, you're probably going to land on North Carolina in this game. And as a matter of fact, DraftKings, the last five that I was seeing went to five and a half literally as I've been doing this segment. So we are now seeing pretty much five and a half across the board. But I do think that that is the chess match slash the question that you do want to be gauging in this one. And for me, I think that you've got to take a little bit of a middle ground approach because you've got a backcourt tandem in Caleb Love along with RJ Davis for North Carolina that Still shooting about 30% from three. I don't think that they're the guys that were just complete flamethrowers in the NCAA tournament or anything like that. I think that expecting them to be quite that good would be a tad bit unrealistic. But at the same time, I don't think that they're as bad as the bunch as currently shooting 30% from three-point range. As they've been able to give you a combined about 34-ish points per game. They've been able to chip in there about seven assists per game. And then you've got Armando Baycoat who down low. 18 points, 11 boards, a little bit over a block per game. He should be able to dominate against a Pittsburgh team that has been playing without John Hughley for much of the season. And when he's been out there, he quite honestly hasn't necessarily been an X factor. So even if you do have John Hughley in this game, it's hard for me to really give a lot of credence to that. Meanwhile, for Pittsburgh, what has really been working for them is their combo player, Blake Hinson. He has been just absolutely tremendous at six foot seven, 17 points, seven and a half boards been able to shoot it from three-point range at a relatively good rate as well as he's been 
dealing with some off-the-court issues. He took a couple of medical redshirts while he was over there at Iowa State. Hadn't really played a full season since the 2019-20 season. It's coming. He has been a big game-changer for the team. And what had really been ailing Pittsburgh the last few seasons have been outside shooting. They're one of the lesser outside shooting teams at all of college basketball this season. They bring in they bring in Greg Elliott. He and Jamarius Burton combine and shoot about 43% from three. They're giving you a combined about 25.5 points per game. And for Pittsburgh, this is now a top 100 team in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. They're allowing opponents to shoot just 29% from three-point range. They're going to be a little bit outgunned down low, in my opinion. But with North Carolina being still right around 150th, terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis in the bottom 100 in terms of three-point shooting percentage, I think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to cover this game at home. I do think that we're going to see some positivity and we're going to see some good things coming about for North Carolina. I don't think that they lose this game outright because if you base it all on what we've seen this season, you would almost have this probably closer to a pick slash North Carolina being a very, very slight favorite. I set my number more around four. So, here at five, five and a half, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Pittsburgh. And I do think that you need to factor into your handicap as well. Some of these early games, a lot of teams, they come out a little bit sleepy. It takes them a little bit of time to get all lathered up and just try to be able to put the biscuit in the basket. So I did also set my total at a 148. You've got a Pittsburgh team that they're neither really fast or slow this year. North Carolina, a little bit more up-tempo. So I'm going to be willing to take this 149 to 150 under and Willing to take north of five year with Pittsburgh. We've got another early ACC game that is going to be coming up in 863, 864 on the board. This is Miami on the road facing up against Notre Dame. And we are seeing a wide divide in the market. Currently at DraftKings, you've got Miami being a two-point favorite. Where I sit at Circa, Miami's a four-point favorite. And I'm seeing a lot of three, I'm seeing a straight three and a half out there as well. And your total is anywhere between 144 and 144 and a half. These are the opportunities that you do love as a better because if you like Miami, you probably want to lay the two now and you probably do not want to be waiting. If you're listening to the replay, you might have already lost out on the two. That is how quickly these numbers move. But with Miami, I set them as a two and a half point favorite. So the way that I'm looking right now, I have a little bit of a bigger differential on say the four that is currently available for me on Notre Dame right now. And that's what I'm taking a look at personally with Notre Dame. They've only covered three spreads all season long, but they're going to be going up against Miami bunch. We're going to call it what it is. Not necessarily so stellar on defense. And really both of these teams, they do leave a lot to be desired on the defensive side of things as Notre Dame. They were able to do a nice job holding down Jacksonville to only seven points in the final 12 plus minutes of their last game. Keep in mind, that is the Dolphins of Jacksonville. That is not necessarily a team like, say, a Miami that has a bunch of very good guards in the backcourt. And Nigel Pack hasn't even necessarily been too terrific for them this season. 11 points per game. He's been a little bit more of a facilitator for them. Notre Dame becoming 257th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Miami more in that neighborhood, about 215th. And with Miami, they're still doing an okay job of generating steals. Not as great as they did a season ago, but you know what? You're going to be able to get a few seals out of their top two scores in this game as you've been able to get some very good production out of Isaiah Wong all season long. Gentleman that's able to shoot 37% from three-point range, shipping in their 17 points per game. And then Jordan Miller gives you 14 points, six boards. These two guys, they combine for three seals per game. And they do it now. have no Chad Omir, who's able to do a solid job down low. But what I do think is going to be an X factor and what keeps Notre Dame very lively in this game, that would be Nate Leshevsky. He's a six-foot-ten combo player. He's able to chip in there 15 points per game. 
gives this team nearly seven and a half rebounds per game, and he's been shooting 40% from three-point range. For a Notre Dame team that they do the little things really well, this is one of the more efficient offenses that you're going to find in all of college basketball is they shoot that good percentage from three-point range, but on top of that, they turn the ball over only nine times per game. That is the second lowest amount in all of college basketball. They do a good job hitting nearly 80% of their free throws. That's in the top 10 in all of college basketball. So they do those little things really well. And even though the defense, it is a little bit, shall we say, lackadaisical, I do think that this is going to be a spot to take a look at the under on. Typically, when you throw out there all those gaudy offensive numbers, you'd be taking a look at an over. But here's the thing with Notre Dame. Super duper slow team. That burn offense, it is really taking hold. And they're going up against Miami team that they themselves are not looking to just blaze a path up and down the floor. They're 195th in the country in terms of possessions per game. Notre Dame, they are currently clocking in at 351st in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game. And for Notre Dame, even though they do have their warts on defense, they are a squad that they've been able to do a relatively okay job of being able to push teams off the three-point arc. They're not allowing a whole bunch of threes. So a lot of the points that they do give up they do give them up inside. So I do think that you've got a circumstance where Notre Dame is going to be able to hold in this game. I think that Miami gets the outright win. But now that we're getting up to three and a half, four, that is my buy point on Notre Dame. And with this total, made mine a 140 and a half. I do think that both teams are going to be efficient on offense. I just don't think that you get enough possessions in this game to be able to take a look at the over. And I think that that is always so key in terms of college basketball because you can have hot shooting days, you can have cold shooting days, but taking a look at the team's tempo, so key when gauging these totals. And that is a big reason why I am on this total under. And that brings us to a pro tip that I brought up a few minutes ago. We're going to rehash this here, vcin.com slash, slash pro tips for all of these. And I do think that is very important because with bowl games, they are very, very hard to decipher. You've got a lot of opt-outs. You've got a lot of games in very strange locations. Look at good news when taking a look at who to slash not to bet on in terms of these bowl games. Like we were talking about Michael Penix coming back to Washington. Very good luck there. And hey, a revenge spot against Steve Sarkeesian always helps out for the Washington Huskies who are able to get it done out in the great state of Texas. And coming up in hour number two of the Greg Peterson experience, I give you my DK Nation pick for college basketball here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. 
I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.